Hi everyone! Today you're tuning in with me, Janice Tan, on our In Conversation With series. In the hot seat is Treasure Data's APEC marketing lead, Sean Valencia. Founded in 2011, Treasure Data aims to radically simplify customer data management and help brands transform customer experiences by identifying, engaging, and acquiring customers efficiently in a flexible, scalable, and secure environment. Treasure Data's enterprise customer data platform unifies all types of online, offline, and Internet of Things device customer data to unlock critical business insights needed to drive business growth. Among the list of brands it has worked with include Subaru, Muji, Wish, Parco, Kirin, and Lion Corp. Last year, Forrester named Treasure Data a strong performer in real-time interaction management and customer analytics technologies. Let's hear from Sean on how Treasure Data is changing the game. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us today. Could you tell us a bit about yourself? Hello, Janice. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, hello, everyone. My name's Sean, um, Sean Valencia. I'm a marketing strategist at Treasure Data, uh, leading uh, APAC Marketing. Um, Treasure Data, we are a CDP solution provider, CDP's customer data platform. So we specialize in providing the technology to help companies unify their customer data to gain the insights that they need to orchestrate uh, incredible personalized experience. Um, very happy to be here today. Thank you. So much of the customer experience has shifted online during the pandemic. While, you know, physical experiences can't be replicated like for like online, what do you think are some data points brands should look at to ensure the online experience is holistic and omnichannel in nature? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think that it's you know important to be focusing on how we can create a relevant and seamless customer experience as marketers. You know, if we if we examine the purely online customer experience, uh, there are many digital touch points we should consider. That could be you know, website, uh, mobile application, email, messaging apps, social media, and more. Uh, for one purchase, you know, a customer makes with your brand, they may be interacting with you know all of those digital touch points. So, you know, we should be thinking of, okay, you know, how can we create a experience that's going to be seamless, you know, across all of these digital channels? Um, to go into like an example, one of our uh, customers of our product is um, called Parco. Um, they are a large department store chain. And prior to like the pandemic, they began investing in an omni-channel experience and they created this app, which is called Pocket Parco, that was designed to be used while you are um, like in store to enhance the shopping experience um, with gamification, location-based like offers and notifications and more. And when we think of a department store, it's the, you know, a very in-person experience. We walk around, we see different brands, we discover new products. But you know, during the pandemic, you know, unfortunately, there were times where they had to close down. However, you know, because they began actually you know, investing in this kind of unified experience ahead of time between web, mobile, and that physical, they were able to um, you know, make up some of those lost sales um, during the closure, you know, by having a focus more on e-commerce, even though, you know, we don't always associate e-commerce with that, you know, physical department store experience. And, you know, yeah, you know, I know we were talking about digital, but I don't think we should completely discount the physical experience as well as, 
you know, I still think, you know, we're all struggling through this at this time, but it, you know, the physical experience, I think will come back in the future. And, um, but, you know, what I think the pandemic is going to do is kind of bring out more of these hybrid, you know, digital and physical experience in the future, kind of like, you know, what we were seeing with the Parco, with what Parco was doing. And so, you know, with that in mind, you know, as we're kind of looking at the digital data sources, we should still, you know, you know, have in the back of the mind, okay, what kind of physical data sources should we be keeping in mind for the future? Thanks for sharing that example with us, Sean. I think some people would call this digital. Now, what is normal for us is also of varying degrees right now, right? With some markets being open while others are still careful or still in lockdown. Safe to say, tech also plays a part in what consumers might associate normality with in their lives. How is this impacting global brands looking to interact with consumers? Yeah, so I mean, you're right. The pandemic has totally forced all of us to change, you know, how we live. But, you know, it's been that digital technology that has allowed us to, you know, keep connected together when we cannot meet physically. And, you know, brands also have made the shift towards digital to stay with their, you know, connected with their customers as well. And I think that, you know, this kind of digital shift has renewed our, you know, focus on, you know, innovating new ways of how we interact with our customers or you know you have seeing that you're seeing the emergence of many new direct to consumer strategies marketers rethinking you know what you know the relationship that we're going to establish with our fans our customers is going to be in the future but um, you know of course this is quite a challenge and um, so you know when thinking about that challenge I think it's important for um, us as marketers to, you know, make a goal to develop, you know, that relationship as deeply as we can. And I think that that relationship starts with having a deep understanding of our customers, you know, what do they need, then, you know, how best can our brands or organizations best serve them, then, uh, you know, making it making sure that our actions and communications are, you know, um, in line with those needs. And, you um, you know, with the events of, you know, the last year and how things have changed, um, you know, a lot has been said about how digital transformation has been accelerated. Um, you know, there's new styles of work, but, you know, I think, you know, also the world of marketing has changed a lot too. And, um, you know, now I, I, I'm seeing, you know, there's a, a bit of a shift towards, you know, customers. They are, you know, reevaluating, you know, their, you know, the brands that they, that they, they work with, and they want to, they want to work with brands that um, understand them and brands that they trust. And so I think that, you know, when considering our strategies going into the future, the, the, you know, the brands that are, um, you know, you know, acting on what their customers need with relevance and gaining that trust are going to be the, um, the, the winners. And, you know, I know I've mentioned relevance a couple times now, but, um, relevance is, you know, providing the right message or the right solution to the right person at the right time. But, um, you know, it's also a way for, you know, our organizations to, you know, show our customers that, you know, you know, we understand them and, you know, that's the customer centric versus product centric communication. And so, you know, there's no really one size fits all kind of, kind of messaging. So, you know, we should keep this relevance in mind, um, you know, as we are forming our relationships going forward. Hmm. Well said, Sean. And you know what? This brings me to my next question about challenges. 
In general, some of the hurdles companies face when it comes to customer experience include organizing the data and probably even the lack of investment. Based on your experiences, Sean, what are some of the age-old challenges that we still haven't solved when it comes to customer experience and how can the industry go about solving them? Yeah, you're right. There are many age-old challenges with regards to customer experience. Like, you know, okay, you know, you said you said we need to, you know, understand the customer. Okay, you know, how do we really gain that understanding? How can I, you know, attribute, you know, the ROI of my customer experience efforts? You know, how you know you mentioned the that consistent experience. How can we like really, you know, deliver that consistent experience and make it a, a reality? You know, I think that, you know, the good news is a lot of these challenges, um, you know, can be, you know, answered through data, but, you know, that is a challenge in itself, right? Um, so, you know, uh, all of us are, you know, continuing to like look for, okay, you know, what kinds of um, data are we lacking right now? What are the right insights to begin to solve some of these challenges that we were talking about? Um, taking the data being kind of the root of the challenges, you know, okay, you know, how can we get that data and use the data? Um, I think that, you know, creating a, you know, that relevant customer experience um, for each individual customer, you know, it depends on having the right technology stacks. Um, also like the systems that are gonna kind of make up those various stacks and also, the teams that use them, you know, and how well, you know, all of them work together. And, you know, I mentioned the stacks, uh, I could kind of categorize these stacks as data insights and engagement. Um, but the big challenge is, you know, oftentimes these stacks are like, systems are just separated and siloed. And also, you know, the teams are, that are using them are also not always communicating with each other. And so, you know, that can really, um, make it um, difficult to solve some of those experience challenges that we were talking about before, because you um, because you end up with this like fragmented environment. Um, so joining, um, you know, all of these should be a priority, and not just the technology, but also the teams. And you know, you may be thinking right now, okay, you know, how can we make such an ecosystem? Um, there's a couple different options. I think you can build it or you can buy it. Um, if you, you know, if you have a lot of, you know, engineers in your organization or data science resources, you know, perhaps the building may be the solution. But I think, you know, we're seeing more and more technologies emerge, um, you know, CDP being one of them that, uh, that you know, we serve, um, that is addressing some of these um, needs. And, um, you know, I think, you know, buying some of these new package solutions could be, you know, a solution to, you know, unifying and getting better, better management of the data. Um, if um, maybe you um, need to implement something quick, quicker, or maybe lack some of those um, the certain resources to build it yourself. I see. Yes, it's always that ongoing debate between build and buy, am I right? But thank you for shedding a bit of light on it. And this also brings me to my next question about best practices. I know that your clients are mainly enterprises which consist of names such as LG, Kirin, Muji, and Danone Indonesia, which is a really impressive list of clients to have. But let's turn our attention to SMEs in the market, shall we? 
what are some of the best practices you feel our SME friends can adopt and learn from these bigger companies while being, you know, maybe on tighter budgets? Yeah, so I mean, delivering a personalized customer experience can be challenging for everyone, regardless of the company size. And, you know, both large and small companies struggle um, with, um, you know, with personalization. Um, you know, I think that it's, you know, sometimes easy to get, you know, a little too focused on trying to create this big plan for personalization. Okay, you know, how are we going to understand the full customer journey? Let's, you know, optimize each and every step. You know, I think that's a good long-term goal, but, you know, when starting the journey, I think it's, it's best to start small, um, focused on that fast, you know, time to value. And, you know, these, um, you know, starting with that small use case is something that, you know, I see regardless of co company size, even large organizations that are engaged in their digital transformation, you know, it's um, finding that, you know, one initial KPI to, you know, improve. And, you know, that's the same thing that goes from the SME side as well. Um, so, you know, instead of making a massive plan filled with many use cases, you know, focus on one or two, you know, perhaps we may want to focus on, you know, optimizing this one particular ad for this one particular product category, you know, see if we can move up that, you know, conversion rate a little bit with some personalization, you know, set a goal that can be tested quickly, execute, review the results, celebrate that win, and then continue to expand the scope from there. Because the, the topic of personalization is just so broad and there are so many use cases for it. Um, you know, we can think of personalization for new customer acquisition, personalizing our mobile app, you know, push notifications or, um, you know, the in-store experience, even, even extending kind of beyond the traditional marketing use cases, like how can we try and create a more personalized contact center experience? And so, you know, I, 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 I would say, to both like the SME and the enterprise, you know, don't worry too much about that, you know, giant use case from the start, you know, identify those small opportunities for improvement, dive in quickly, test and improve from there. Indeed. Well, you heard it from Sean, start small, test and improve from there. Well said. Let's switch gears a bit and focus on treasure data for a moment, shall we? In short, the company offers firms with customer data platforms to drive effective customer experiences. How do you guys play a role in helping your clients in their customer journey? Treasure data, um, you know, we are a CDP, customer data platform. Um, a little bit more about that, customer data platforms are designed to be kind of an out-of-the-box solution to assist with unifying your customer data. You know, at its core, CDP is kind of almost like infrastructure, almost like a cloud database. But, you know, it's, it's a data infrastructure that's a package product and designed to be easier and faster to use than, you know, if you were to, um, you know, develop all these functions and features yourself. And, you know, CDP differs from other marketing tools like, like say, a, a CRM, um, you know, because it's meant to be that foundation and infrastructure for your customer data. That's, you know, taking in, you know, data from all of your tools, all of your sources, including the CRM, including social media um, platforms, maybe data in a 
retail point of sale system, the website, you know, all the customer data, you know, it's connecting into it uh, to become like the heart of your MarTech stack. And, you know, unifying all that data in the CDP is going to then make your tools more powerful. The CDP, you know, we've got these pre-built connectors that plug into the various sources like CRM, marketing automation tools, BI tools, and more. And, you know, these are available from the start. Um, you know, we talked about the build versus buy, you know, um, um, earlier. And, you know, if you were building for your own solution, you know, you would be developing these. Um, but, you know, CDPs, in addition to just bringing in the data, they have um, the tools to capture other kinds of data as well, such as behavioral data as um, customers are viewing your you know, website or mobile app or bringing in data from the un, even offline data, um, data sources. And then next they have the functionality to join this data together to build that you know, full complete customer profile from the data from these various systems to deliver that full you know, deep understanding of them. And I think, you know, one other thing that makes, um, you know, this kind of technology is unique is they're also designed to provide a friendly UI that, you know, allows marketers or, you know, other departments, sales, customer service, you know, the ease of use to get the insights that they need um, to, you know, do things like, um, you know, get access to the information um, that they need, engage with machine learning to discover new insights easily segment the data within the CDP and then, you know, activate that personalized um, communication without, you know, having to write code or anything. So it's kind of serving both the technical side, you know, and the, um, and the, you know, other parts of the organization, like the marketers, the, um, the uh, customer service reps, sales reps, et cetera. And so by unifying the customer data in the CDP, you know, our clients are, starting to gain like a deep understanding of the individual journeys of the customers, then, you know, orchestrating personalized um, experiences across it. Wow. Thanks for that really detailed breakdown there, Sean. Now, I know Treasure Data CDP has a myriad of use cases. What are some you see clients asking more of nowadays? To answer this question, we can uh, take a look at, you know, a few more use cases from some of our customers. Um, you know, first I mentioned the, you know, the benefit of breaking down the silos themselves. Um, one of our customers is uh, AB InBev. They're the world's largest brewing company. And they're currently utilizing CDP because, you know, they have, they had many data silos, you know, over 500 brands, over 400 countries. Um, you know, and they wanted to unify that data together. So, you know, having that silo data is a big challenge that, you know, we see across many different brands. Uh, now they, uh, you know, they were able to unify that data um, from more than a thousand sources or 70 websites and e-commerce because they have so many brands and um, they cover also many regions as well. And, um, you know, that unification is also fueling the, direct to, the new direct-to-consumer efforts, as well as being able to deliver that personalized experience. Um, so um, they unified the data and, you know, with it getting brand new insights, you know, they're beginning to look at the cross-brand behavior of people, um, finding out who visited multiple brands on multiple platforms, and, you know, um, these kind of insights are being possible with that, um, you know, that unified foundation. 
And um, they're also using um, CDP for segmentation, uh, machine learning to acquire new lookalike customers and, and um, you know, target more customers, you know, without having to, you know, involve IT as much um, as before. And so, I, you know, I think those are a variety of, you know, use cases that, you know, we do see our customers requesting, like, how can we more easily create the segmentations, engage with mach machine learning, you know, without have, you know, with less IT resources. And, you know, I also think, you know, it's important to highlight, um, like the security and compliance aspect. And, you know, as they operate in many regions, um, the CDP allows them to, you know, track the customer privacy and um, local privacy requirements, which can be, you know, quite a challenge for, you know, um, global companies, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, as we see the, you know, the differences among regions. During this chat so far, we have talked about personalization quite a bit. It's obviously all the rage nowadays. Without personalization, I guess it's safe to say that there's not much of a customer experience companies can offer. However, we all know that third-party cookies will eventually get deprecated. When that happens, what impact would this have on personalization? Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and you know, I know the um, the end of the third-party cookies has been you know on the mind of you know all marketers recently, and that you know Google did recently announce they're extending the end of cookies in Chrome a little longer, but that trend towards the end of third-party cookies is still going to you know continue, and um, you know I think that this is going to be making first-party data even more important. Um, you know, how personalization is going to look in the future, you know, it's still an open question. You know, we're going to be able to, you know, we, we will still probably be able to engage in some kind of personalization like we did in the past, but, you know, it's not going to be the same. But to really, truly personalize the experience, you know, in the future, I think, you know, it's going to be up to up to us, up to the companies, to um, in the various brands to collect, you know, their own data to be able to, you know, create those experiences for the customers with the data that they have. Um, and you know, because I think it's important to remember that not all cookies are going away at this time. Just the third-party cookies, but the first-party cookies, you know, cookie data that. Um, that you own, that the brand owns, you know, at this time, you know, it still may be supported. And, um, you know, I think, you know, it's also important to highlight, you know, as we talk about the shift towards the cookieless world, the, you know, the aspect of trust and, you know, how important it is to, you know, manage, manage the data securely and responsibly. And that, you know, part of what brought about this shift is, is how, you know, um, Customers today are more mindful of, you know, how companies are, you know, collecting data and utilizing that data. And, you know, I think that, you know, customers, they're still, you know, you know, okay with sharing, with sharing their data, but, you know, ex in exchange for that data, they want value. And so if personalization is done well with that value in mind, you know, it can be one way of, you know, delivering that, you know, value in exchange for that data. There's a there's a new, you know, term that I'm I'm hearing throwing around, um, like zero party data, um, as we move into the 
the cookie list world, you know, we've had like the first party data, third party data, okay, you know, what's the zero party data. Um, I heard um, like Forrester Research Coin at once says, you know, first zero party data is data that the customer intentionally and proactively shares with the brand. So I think you could, you can think of it at almost like optional data that, you know, customers are choosing to share their data, you know, with us in exchange for a better experience for more value. Um, you know, while opposed to first party data, which is more like data that's, you know, required to, you know, deliver our normal products and services. So, um, you know, that zero party data could be preference data. Like if we sign up for a music streaming service and it's asking for our favorite genres to personalize the playlist or, you know, food delivery apps, you know, asking for a favorite food, or, you know, it could be more product related, like offering to collect some interest data to match the right products. But, you know, I think it's core, it's about that, you know, value in exchange for the data. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of challenges coming with this end of cookies, but, you know, there, there are opportunities that we, can, that, that we can find. And, you know, as the marketing playing field is reshuffling, you know, I think those that are putting, you know, the trust in their customers first, you know, delivering the right, you know, value are going to be, are going to be the winners. Earlier on, you mentioned that the future of personalization is definitely going to change with the deprecation of third-party cookies. What do you think the future of personalization will be like? You know, how we look at marketing, we may need to kind of change our focus, you know, a little bit too. And that, you know, when we talked about this, per, you know, when the personalization of the past, you know, we were kind of, you know, focusing more on personalization on a bit of a, you know, campaign, campaign by campaign basis. Um, you know, focusing, okay, you know, we personalize this campaign, you know, we look at the ROI, okay, you know, let's move on to the next. Um, but I think that, you know, as we look at personalization for the future, um, we kind of need to be taking a little bit more holistic view of, you know, how we're interacting with our customers over the long term. You know, what is the full relationship that we want to build, you know, together with them? And, um, you know, how can we really design this, you know, experience that's not, you know, limited to this just one, you know, individual campaign, but is going to be, you know, planning for, you know, how this customer is going to interact with our brand over, you know, you know, over their lifetime. And, you know, this requires, you know, the you know, the first party data, you know, as we mentioned, it's probably going to be start of a shift of that importance. Um, you know, also, I think, you know, companies should be, you know, starting to investigate things like ID resolution technology to kind of, you know, be able to um, begin to, you know, build the, you know, the, um, the, um, the capabilities internally to, you know, report and deliver on that on personalization. I, I think that, you know, machine learning is going to be very important as well um, to help us understand, um, you know, ROI on our, uh, on our marketing efforts in the cookie-less world. And, um, you know, with our own data, the metrics will probably shift from things like how, you know, how can we, you know, improve the average lifetime value of our customers? You know, how can we, you know, deliver that experience? And how can we develop more ambassadors, you know, of our brand? And, um, and so, you know, that 
that you know requires data from across the full customer journey and you know how can we tailor each of those steps accordingly it's quite a challenge but you know there will probably be more um data available more sources of data more opportunities to kind of take that more holistic approach in the future you know we we really need to expand what you know what we consider the customer journey you know sometimes it's easy to think of the customer journey from like the awareness stage to that you know first purchase but oftentimes the full customer journey is much more expansive and involves multiple like departments and teams within the organization and you know the journey may involve the marketing department but you know also the sales department the customer service department um, perhaps maybe there's another team that's um, managing a loyalty program but um, you know I think that sometimes these teams can be looking at the journey kind of just in silos themselves and so um, you know we should be looking about okay, you know, how can we really expand, you know, our experience we're delivering, but not just, you know, purely through the marketing experiences, but through, you know, the full organization experiences as well. And, um, you know, in that sense, you know, I think the customer experience is starting to go beyond marketing. Um, and the question is, okay, you know, how can we as the marketers be like an evangelist to use data to champion like new customer experiences across our organizations and you know i've i've seen you know some brands that are you know delivering great omni-channel experiences now um you know with data and with the, you know with experiences that are crossing you know those various departments to have that full journey but you know oftentimes it, i think it started with one person who was the bridge Sometimes, you know, that person was maybe from, you know, IT or data scientists, but I've seen many times where, you know, it was the marketers driving that digital transformation. So, you know, I think that, you know, in addition to all these trends that, you know, um, we were, you know, discussing, you know, I think it's, you know, important also for each of us to, you know, consider, okay, you know, how can we be that bridge in our own organizations, you know, to develop that, um, martech stack for the future and you know consider what that you know full broad experiences customer experience is going to be and um you know for for us i think you know cdp is one way that's you know you know helping bridge that gap um because it's it's something that's designed to be easily used by both the technical team as well as their departments. But, you know, we still, you know, it's still very important to have that kind of evangelist who's going to, you know, drive and expand the customer experience to the, the full big picture. Last click attribution is bound to be impacted in a cookieless world. So, Sean, tell us, how can advertisers determine where exactly their ad dollars are being channeled to when it comes to the different vendors they work with? You know, I think what's going to become more important is the, you know, to kind of, you know, what we are talking about earlier, having that, you know, more holistic view of, you know, not considering on that campaign by campaign basis, but, you know, how can we look at, you know, 
the full interaction and full journey and full relationship that we're having with the customer, you know, getting all of the data, you know, internally to provide the insights and reporting that we need. And then, you know, machine learning as it, you know, expands is going to be coming in to, you know, help fill some of those, um, fill some of those gaps that, um, you know, that, that we now have compared to um, the reporting in the past. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's a great question. And, you know, I'm going to be, you know, playing, you know, close attention to myself, how the technology evolves over the next, next couple of years. But, um, but, you know, I think that it's going to be, you know, a lot of, um, you're probably going to see, um, you know, a lot of innovation happening with how, you know, companies are capturing data from many different places and developing their own, um, own reporting systems and, you know, and utilizing machine learning too. Thank you for joining us on this episode of In Conversation With, powered by Treasure Data. If you would like to find out more about Treasure Data's services, visit treasuredata.com for more details. Treasure Data is also a platinum sponsor for Marketing Interactive's upcoming Digital Marketing Asia 2021 conference held from 9th to 25th November. Join us as we learn about the upcoming trends and technologies in the world of digital. Find out more at www.marketing-interactive.com. Want to have your story told? Reach out to us via the contact page on www.marketing-interactive.com. We look forward to sharing your story.